0: Would you please open your books, Word of God, to uh, chapter 26 of Acts? We are reading verses 24 through 29. This is poignant and, and sad, in a way, reading. Starting with verse 24, I'm reading from King James. And as he thus spoke for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul. Thou art beside thyself, much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad. Most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king knoweth these things before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa Believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said to Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that only, not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except for these bonds. Please be seated.
1: Thank you, Brother Marvin, for that scripture reading, and thank you, Lynn, for song leading. If you're visiting with us, uh, Jim Laws is our uh, pulpit preacher. I'm one of the ministers here, but uh, he is out uh, this week conducting another meeting, and I'm glad he can do that, and I'm also honored to be able uh, to speak to you this morning. Stay with me here in Acts, uh, the 26th chapter. Let me get there with you. But... As Marvin said, it's sort of a sad bit of uh, scripture there, and it's really the story of evangelism, it really is the story of evangelism. You have two different men here, and uh, uh, Agrippa and Festus. Vestus sees and thinks, "Well, Paul is just mad by all of his learning," and he dismisses Paul all together. We're here, <laughs> call to worship, but uh, he just dismisses Paul altogether as soon as he he hears him uh, speaking these foreign things. But Agrippa is really the sad part to me. I can deal with the festuses of the world. The the festuses of the world that say, you know what? That's just not for me. Good riddance. I can deal with those a little easier than I can Agrippa. Almost is a word I don't like to hear in evangelism. Almost. He almost had me convinced. I almost made the right decision. I almost want to be a Christian. That almost doesn't get you close enough. That almost leaves you short of heaven and but you do get to make it to hell. So today I want to talk about Agrippa and why Agrippa should have become a Christian. Why Agrippa should have become a Christian. You know, Agrippa could have thought that his conscience was good, and that was all to the matter. Let's turn to Acts 23, verse 1. Turn there with me, please. Agrippa may have thought his conscience was good, but but could he really say it? Acts 23, 1, this is what Paul has to say. And looking intently at the council, Paul said, Brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. Now, living your life before God, you too can say, I have a good conscience. But if you're away from God, you can't make that claim. Your conscience isn't built on the standards of God's teaching. Your conscience is your opinion. And we'll talk about the opinions here in a little bit. You know, one can be honest, can be sincere, and be sincerely wrong. I have known many wonderful people in this world. Many devoted to their belief. Many devoted week in, week out to their faith group. And they are as sincere, possibly as we are, but their sincerity is not based in knowledge. Their sincerity is not based upon God's Word. You can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. You can be dead wrong and be honest. Paul was sincere before becoming a Christian, was he not? He... Uh, pillaged the church, murdered, sent Christians to their death. He was sincere about what he was doing. But he was sincerely wrong. I think or I thought really have no bearings on becoming a Christian. I've studied with many people through the years, and, and that I think or I thought always gets them. It always comes back, well, I think God would want me to be happy, don't you? I think God would understand that I prefer this kind of worship. Possibly with instruments. But I think and I thought isn't necessarily what God thinks and what He thought. And we need to understand the two. How we feel about things really do not play in salvation. Salvation. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. I want to stop here for just one second. There are those in our audience this morning that are either Festus or Agrippa. Or are saved. And my message this morning is to try to get you to examine yourselves. To examine each of ourselves. To examine myself. Have you made the right decision this morning? One of the saddest things in all scripture, I believe, is in this Acts 26 where Paul said, I almost was persuaded to become a Christian. There are those this morning that have almost been persuaded many times and God has held that door open for you to walk through time and time again. And God is able to open doors that no man can open and close doors that no man or open doors that no man can close and close doors that no man can open. How do you know that that door is going to remain open for you after today? This may be the day that your door closes. But you have this opportunity today. We're not given tomorrow. So as we go through this today, I want you to examine yourselves and to make that decision. Have I become a Christian? Have I done the things I needed to do to please God? And if you haven't, don't leave, don't leave here so sad. Don't leave the this, this story so sad in your lives like Agrippa. Because we're never told that Agrippa ever made things right. That he ever became a child of God. I think this opportunity was there for him one day and the door closed. Will the door remain open for you? You have to answer that question. But let's look at this passage 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. You see, it's not about feelings. It's not about what I think, what I thought. It's about examination. And in in examining things, as a lawyer has an examination or, or examines the evidence... It's based on solid evidence. When a doctor examines you, it's based on solid evidence that he makes a diagnosis. It's not just, well, I think, I thought, well, I think you're all right. Just go home and, and don't worry about uh, that big old uh, tumor hanging off of you. Don't worry about, I think you're all right. How many of us would be all right with that? I wouldn't be all right with that kind of an examination. I want it grounded in truth. I want it grounded in knowledge. I want it grounded in the Word. Examine yourselves. Just because we think we are saved doesn't necessarily make it so. Just because we're sincere about what we believe, if it's not based in God's Word, it doesn't matter. God pardons, not man. Turn with me to Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 14. Romans 8. Verse 14. Verse 14 of Romans 8. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And then verse 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our Spirit that we are children of God. Through the Word of God, through the Holy Inspiration, or through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we have the Word of God. We have the ability to examine ourselves and know that we are children of God, not because I think or I thought, but because I know what the Word has to say. Agrippa should have become a Christian so he could have been redeemed. Agrippa should have become a Christian, so he could have been redeemed. Turn with me to 1 Peter, the first chapter. 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 18. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, Not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb, without blemish or spot. See, we have been redeemed, we have been washed in the blood. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 9. And the Spirit of God. Agrippa had a decision to make. A choice to make. He could have. Been redeemed. But he was not. Acts 22.16 We are washed. Of our sins. Acts 22.16 And now why do you wait Paul? Paul? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Almost, you persuade me, almost. Agrippa should have become a Christian so he could make certain that God was with him. Do you know how important that is in our lives as Christians, that God is with us? I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life now more than ever that I don't want to be a day without God. I I need God's strength. I know now more than ever that Nat is weak and God is strong. And that relying only solely on Nat heirs doesn't get the job done, not even quite. But God... Is with us. Matthew 28. You know, we, we look at this passage often, Matthew 28, 19, and we see the Great Commission and the going, and yes, we need to do that. But we forget about a part of that that is so important. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit... Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And what? Behold, I am with you always. Behold, I am with you always. That was then. And it's today. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Doesn't that give you hope? In this world that is changing so fast... This world that I believe has become corrupted, doesn't it give you hope that Christ is with you always as a Christian? Shouldn't that have been something for Agrippa to consider? Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. Romans 8 and verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of sword or anything that happens in the United States of America today, the changes that we're going through, does that matter to the child of God? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. Agrippa should have made certain that God was with him. We can have certainty in life and through death that God will be with us. I love. The story of the rich man and Lazarus. I, I believe it. I, I, I. I it's vivid in my mind, and I believe that the, when our eyes close, that the angels of the Almighty will carry us to Abraham's side. That 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 even in death, our Lord is with us. Shouldn't Agrippa? have wanted these things for himself? Shouldn't you this morning want these things for yourself? I know that there are those out there this morning that are going on it all by themselves. And they've sat there, time in, time out, heard these wonderful sermons that men better than me can give. And they didn't make the right decision that day. Is it going to be that day today? Are you going to let this day go too? What if the door shuts? Shouldn't have Agrippa have made the right decision? Shouldn't he have made the decision to allow God to be with him? He should have made the right decision to receive the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to Acts 2.38. Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now turn with me to Romans, the 8th chapter. Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit. If in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. Now, let's be careful here. I'm not talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I'm not talking about what died off in the first century laying on of hands, the speaking in tongues, the apostolic powers. But what I'm talking about is the seal of the Holy Spirit. Acts 19, 1 through 6. Turn with me there. In verse, let's look at uh, just the yeah, Acts nineteen one. And it happened that while Paul was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?" And they said, "No, we have not yet heard of it, that there is a Holy Spirit." And he said, "Into what were you baptized?" <clears throat> See, these had been baptized and they had not received uh, the Holy Spirit. And so Agrippa would not receive the Holy Spirit if he did not become a child of God, as we do today. And if you do not, then you are not a son of God. You're not a child of God. You are not joint heirs with Christ. It's an important thing. Agrippa should have become a Christian so he could have been a member of the body of Christ, the church. You know, I look around, and, and I do this often. You know, I look around and I, I look at my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think to myself, why would somebody not want to be a part of this? Why would somebody, you know, I've heard the, the person say, Well, I'll become a Christian, but don't expect to see me there on Sundays. I do my churching at the lake. Or I do a little uh, hunting on the weekends. That's my church, or balls or ball games are my church, or whatever it is that is your church. That is a poor trade-off for the bride of Christ. Do we realize how precious the family of God is? Do we realize that next to our salvation, it's the greatest gift the Father's given us? Seek first the kingdom of God. We are the kingdom. It should be what we seek daily. How important is the body of Christ, the church, to you? Agrippa didn't understand it, how important this body of believers is. I'm not talking about a man-made body. I'm not talking about a denomination. I'm talking about a body, a living body, that Christ adds its members to. Man cannot add members to a living body. It can add members to a man-made organization. Only God can add members to a living body. Let's look at Ephesians five twenty-three. Wives, submit to your husbands. I know this is... Uh, I'm, let, me, let me go to the next verse. That's 22. Um, 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now, I don't know how husbands how important your wife is to you. But I couldn't make it without mine. And I feel mighty particular how you talk to my wife. How you treat my wife. And I probably don't do a good enough job of it myself. But how we treat the Lord's church and look at the Lord's church has a reflection on Christ. And how and how do you think Christ feels about us when we make a mockery of the church? When we don't respect the church the way we should, when we don't respect The meeting times the way we should. When we don't respect that living body the way we should. I know I get mighty offended when when somebody talks ill of my wife or treats my wife in a way she shouldn't be treated. We're the bride of Christ. We need to respect the body, the bride, the way it should be respected. It is a wonderful thing to be a part of, it is a divine institution of a family it's not a member of a human denomination the Lord adds the saved to the church acts 241 and 47 Agrippa should have become a Christian so he could have had access to the throne do you realize the the powerful ability you have as a Christian to go before the throne of the Almighty Do you take that for granted? I know I do sometimes. I think I take that for granted sometimes. That I, Nat Ayers, as worthless and sinful as he has been, have the ability to go before the throne of God. Do you realize that awesome power you have, the awesome ability you have to be able to do that through Christ? through what He's offered, through what He's done for you. You have the ability, because you've been washed in the blood of Christ, to stand in the presence of God. Do you realize how awesome and wonderful that is? Why didn't Agrippa leech onto that, grab hold of that? Why don't you, if you are here this morning, you have not become a child of God, why are you not jumping at the chance to be able to go before the throne of God? I couldn't sit there and be apathetic about it. I couldn't sit there time after time and not do anything about it. I want to be able to go before God. I want to be able to stand before God one day. I want you to be able to stand before God one day. Hebrews 10, 19. Hebrews 10, 19. Listen to this. There was once upon a time, I know that sounds like a fairy tale, that very few men were able to go into the most holy of holy places. But brethren, we're able to go into those holy places today through the blood of Christ. Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place, confidence, You know, I think some of those men that walked through those holy places, you know, they had to do things just right to be able to go in there, to be purified. Don't you know their knees were a little weak and shaky when they were walking through those doors hoping that they had done all that they needed to do to be pleasing to God? I know that I would have. We can have confidence. Verse 19, to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. Jesus. By the new and living way that he opened it for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from all from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed pure with pure or washed with pure water. Do you realize how fortunate we are, how blessed we are to be able to go before God to his throne through the blood of Christ If you're here this morning and you've not put on the blood of Christ, you have no hope of standing before an almighty God. You need the blood of Christ. What are you waiting for? Hebrews 4:14 4, through 16 Draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, I've talked to brethren who are wishy-washy. You know, I hope that I get to see Christ one day. I hope that we, I've done enough, been good enough to make it to heaven. D- does that sound like what the, the faith the Hebrew writer had? Confidence. When we're washed in the blood of Christ... We should have confidence in where we're going, confidence in God, confidence in our prayer life. Do you have confidence in your relationship with God this morning? I'm saying rock-solid confidence. If you don't, i do something about it. We should be confident in our faith. Confident in where we're going. Agrippa should have made the decision to follow God so that his children could have had a chance for happiness and eternal salvation. Turn with me to Exodus, the 20th chapter. I know we're going way back there now. Exodus 20... Verse 5. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to the thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You know, have you ever thought that your... Generations to follow you. Young parents, I'm talking to you mainly. Grandparents as well. But the hope that the next generation and the generation to follow that has largely depends on your faith today. If you want to throw away your relationship with God... Take a powder on Sunday mornings. Live your life. Don't expect your children and grandchildren not to have to pay consequences from it. Now, yes, they can have a hope. Yes, they can come back. But you have broken the legacy of faith. Or you can have such a rock-solid faith that one of these days when you're six feet under... Your grandbabies can say, you know, my granddad, my daddy was a man of God, and I'm following his footsteps. Don't you want that kind of legacy for your family? Don't you want your children in heaven and their children after them? Then change your lives today. Serve God today, as Joshua said. Let the other families do what they're going to do. But you make a choice in your family to serve God. Oh, Agrippa could have changed the course of his legacy, his family, if he'd wanted to. Agrippa should have chosen to be a Christian So he could have lived and died in hope. Brethren, I don't know how much time I have left living. I don't know how much time you have left living. Some of you may know that you don't have much time left living. Wouldn't you like to live it in hope? Wouldn't you like peace the rest of your life? Whatever little time or long time there is left? Don't you know that you can have it? Shouldn't Agrippa seen that he could have had hope and peace the rest of his life waiting for him if he'd, it all depended on this decision? Hebrews six 18. We're coming to a close here pretty quickly. Hebrews 6. Verse 18. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge, I love how that says it, we who have fled for refuge, for safety, might have strong encouragement, hope, to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. A hope that enters to the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner of our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. If you're a Christian this morning, doesn't it feel good to have hope? Doesn't it feel good to know that if the world falls apart tomorrow, I'm going to heaven? If my life falls apart tomorrow, I get to see God. Doesn't that give you hope? Don't you want that hope if you're here this morning and you've not become a Christian? I wouldn't sit there through this invitation call. For a million dollars. But there'll be some that will. Some will say, let the door shut. But, brethren, there's hell to be paid for it. Do you realize how bad it's going to be? Do you realize that the suffering that you've had in this life fails in comparison to what's coming? I've heard, I don't know that I've ever been to a a funeral where they, they didn't say, well, at least he's in a better place. At least his suffering is now over. And brethren, there's a lot of suffering to be had on this earth. There's heartbreak. There's heartache. There's diseases that take away our minds, that take away... Our physical bodies. And you can suffer greatly. I've seen men cry out in pure agony on their deathbeds, And I've heard their families say. Well, at least the suffering will stop soon. And they weren't children of God. Brethren, their suffering is just beginning. Do, do you realize the seriousness of what I'm saying this morning? Their suffering is just beginning. I don't want to suffer like that. I, don't, I want to go to a place of rest. I want to go to a place that Christ has made for me. Final passage. Let's turn to John 14. I want to go to a place that my God who loves me made for me. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You don't get there except through the blood of Christ. I can't, I don't know that I can preach a sermon with any more emphasis to make the right decision. This morning you're here, and you know whether or not you have done all the things you need to do to become an obedient child of God. If you you don't know, you need to have heard the gospel, which you have. You need to believe that gospel, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You need to turn your life around, away from sin, and towards Christ. If you would be willing to confess that faith that you have in Him, why why not be baptized into Christ? I've laid out the case. Agrippa should have decided to become a Christian, but he decided hell instead. He made a choice. The waters of baptism are open this morning for you to change your lives, to be washed of your sins what choice will you make if you have become a disobedient child an unfaithful child of God you need to change that you have a choice to make this morning too that hell that I speak of is waiting for you too we can fall from grace, we can swerve from the truth, don't be mistaken by what the world says we can lose our salvation. If you've walked away this morning, I beg you to walk back to the cross. If there's anything that we can do for you, we want you we want to help you. Agrippa did not decide to become a Christian, but you can this morning. Won't you come as we stand and as we sing?